Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Amaze One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Amaze Road. Enjoy this week's message. Coming from Exodus. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the Tabernacle of Meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man in his door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. I'm going to read that again. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun. A young man did not depart from the tabernacle. We are still in our series on um, face-to-face, and I feel like the Lord has at least one more um, installation of this particular series. And in this series, all the thing we've been exploring is the instances, the very few instances in the Bible where the, the word tells us that somebody had an encounter, had an experience had a time with God where the way they characterized it or described it is that they would say that they were face to face with God. And we know this whole month of February, we've been talking about intimacy with God and and drawing close to God. And so we've talked about Gideon. We've talked about Jacob. But this morning, we're going to talk about Moses. We're going to journey with Moses. And we know Moses. Moses is the baby that was sent on the river drawn out by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in an Egyptian royal household, but still a Hebrew slave. And Moses has been slotted as a deliverer of his people. And the Bible tells us, even in the verses we read today, that he is God's friend. And we enter into chapter 33 after the people have left Egypt and Moses went up to hear from God to meet with him face to face And while he was up there, we know the story. The people acted a fool at the bottom of Sinai. And while he was up there, he came back. And they had erected a golden calf. And so in verse 32, Moses has to deal with the sin of the people. And we're we're coming in right after that in 33, where it's time for them. They have sinned, but it's time for them to move on. And this is where we're entering in with Moses this morning and the sermon is entitled the necessity of presence because now that they've sinned and it is time to move on Moses is going to show us through the scripture that there is a necessity of presence the idea that we need to be intimate with God face to face with God is not only a luxury it is a necessity So we're going to go jump back into 33. We've read in the middle, but we're going to jump back to the first verse in Exodus 33, 1 through 6. 
and it reads, the Lord said to Moses, get going. And you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I told them that I will give this land to your descendants. When we read last week, one of the things we took away, at least that I hope we took away, is what God told, what he said about David. He said, my faithfulness will not fail. Matter of fact, he said he would not allow his faithfulness to fail. So although they have found themselves at the bottom of a mountain, worshiping a piece of gold that they made, acting a plum fool, God's faithfulness, he will not allow it to fail. And so he tells Moses, get up and go with these people to the land that I swore, that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because his word is real, his word is final, and it will not return void. And he said that I was given the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm giving them a land. And although they have found themselves in things and places that they should not have been, Moses, I am instructing you how to move on. I am still going to be faithful. And I will send an angel before you to drive out. Moses, listen, I'm faithful, and I'm going to send you help. I'm going to send an angel, and it's going to drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. All other sites got to go. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. Complete fool at the bottom of Sinai, but I'm faithful. And I love you. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. At this point, we are not talking about whether you deserve it or not. We're talking about the faithfulness of God. Go up to a land with milk and honey. Because what I told Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I will stay true to. But God told Moses something a little funny. He said, I'm sending an angel out before you. And in any other circumstance, that sounds real good. Like, oh, you're sending out cool, cool, cool. I am probably going to need that for all the mites. I'm sending an angel before you, but it's something special about Moses because God going to say something that's a little tricky. And Moses going to catch it. He said, I'm going to send an angel before you. and I'm going to drive out everybody, but I will not travel among you. For you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you on the way. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to send an angel. The fullness of my presence is not going with you. Because if the fullness of my presence, if the pureness of the holiness and the power of God traveled with you, but as it should, you are so rebellious and stubborn that even after I've brought you up out of dealing with the golden calf. And even though 3,000 fell after all that was done, you're still stubborn and you're still rebellious. And I'm still going to make a way for you, but I'm not going in the fullness of my presence because if I did, I would kill you on the way to our destination. Thus said the Lord. That is scary and sad all at the same time. And when the people heard these stern words, they were went into mourning. 
and they stopped wearing all of their jewelry and their fine clothes. Because if you remember, although they were slaves for hundreds of years, that when they left Egypt, the Lord told them they weren't leaving empty-handed. And all the Egyptian women gave jewelry and fine clothes. So they have went from slavery to jewelry and fine clothes in the wilderness. And they are strutting and stunting and looking good. But when they heard these words from God, they said, we're going to take all this stuff off. For the Lord has said, had told Moses to tell them, you are a stubborn and rebellious people. Here's my explanation why I'm not going with you. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, if I was with you just a moment, I would destroy you. This is not because God is bad or evil or mean. This is because, I say it all the time, the creator of the universe is with you and on your side. And he is everything. So whatever you're being stubborn about, whatever you're rebelling to, it is nothing in compare to God. But when you want to act like other gods matter in the presence of the true God, he's not going to deal with that. If y'all remember in the Old Testament when they were moving the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, and the gentleman messed around and touched it, and he wasn't supposed to, what happened to him? He died. He's, he's not playing about this presence and the order that comes with this presence because he is God. And Revelation tells us that he don't do lukewarm. You either hot or cold or he'll spit you out. And this is what a principle that's similar to that. If the God of the universe, the creator of your soul has taken you out of years of slavery, you walk around in a wilderness, but you still want to worship something else. He's not playing with them and he's not playing with us said, I can't go. I can't go. But he still loves him, and he's still going to be faithful. I'm still letting you go to a land with milk and honey, but I'm not going with you. So from that time, they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore, so they took their chains off. No more jewelry or fine clothes. He said, I'm not going with you. I'm going to still give you my promise, but I ain't going. I'm not going. There's something really sad about that. I don't want an angel when I can have God. Don't get me wrong. Angels are employed on our behalf. But I don't want an angel when I can have God. And now we enter back into a conversation with Moses and God. We're going to jump to verse 12. So Exodus 33, verse 12. Then Moses said, because Moses has picked up something about this conversation. He says, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but I have not, but I have not let me know whom you will send with me. Now, he did just tell him, I'm sending an angel. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace, or some versions say favor, in my sight. Because Moses and God are friends, and this is what we're talking about. We want to be invited in that place with God so deeply that we're able to converse back and forth with him. And Moses said, well, hold on, Lord. No offense to you angels. Um, you ain't told me who coming with me. And he's leaving a little hint right there because the Lord did tell him who was coming. He said, you told me that you know my name. You told me 
that I had favor in your sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found favor or grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and I may find grace in your sight. And please consider this nation, this nation, these, your people. So Moses has tapped into something. He is consistently about to say what we're going to lead up to. I don't want nothing but you. I don't want anything but you. You said I found favor in your sight. Let me know your ways. Let me know your ways. Show me. Show me because I want to know you. Moses not talking about milk and honey right now. Moses not talking. Moses said I need to know you. Moses ain't even did nothing wrong. He wasn't with them. But Moses is saying an angel at this point is not good enough. Not that angels are not good, but I don't want an angel. I want you. I want you. So I need to know you because there is a necessity for your presence. And Moses understands that it is something different when God is in the fullness walking with you and just having the assistance of the angels. And he said, this is God. My presence will go with you. That's funny because Moses ain't even said it yet, but God got it. I hear you, Moses. Because when you talk to your friends, you listen. When you talk to your friends, it's, it's a back and forth. It ain't necessarily a dictatorship in that way. It's a friendship. He says, my presence will go with you, and I'm going to give you rest. Moses ain't even asked for no rest. But God will give you what you need. Moses, I'm going with you. And I will give you rest. And then Moses, he ain't satisfied. He said to him, if your presence don't, let me be clear in this conversation, my friend God. If your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up out this wilderness. I don't want a land of milk and honey if you're not there. I don't want blessings if you're not there. God, I don't want all my struggles to go, if, if, even if it's financial. I don't want all that stuff to move if I move into abundance and you don't come with me. I don't want the marriage without you. I don't want kids without you. I don't want anything without you. I don't want to go if you don't go. I don't want to go if you don't go. You can give me the have bites, sit tights, eye bites. I'm adding some more bites in there. I don't care if they're going to be defeated. Let me be clear. Even though God just told him I'm going, he said, you got to go. You have to go. On Tuesday, we talked about Jonah. And Jonah is running away from God. He don't want to be in the presence of God. And we we found it interesting because we said Jonah is a real prophet. He is a prophet of God. And Jonah has an assignment from God. So he's not fake. He's not a false prophet in that way. But we also said that Jonah didn't have God's heart. There is something in Moses that desires God's heart. I want your ways. I need to know you. Jonah had a call and an assignment, but he did not have God's nature. And what Moses is trying to do is to say, you got to be with me all the time. Because I got to be just like you, like the song said. Because the byproduct of continually being in God's presence is that you absorb his nature. 
the byproduct of continually being in his presence is that you absorb his nature. The song says, so you can make me like you. Moses understands I'm nothing. I don't turn a stick into a snake. My hand has been leprous. I don't bought down Pharaoh and one of the world powers. I walked out of Egypt with slaves and their wealth. I'm a bad man in the world, but I ain't nothing without you. Two million people I'm leading, nothing without you. And so I need your presence continually. I'm not an angel. I need you. Because the more I'm with you, I absorb you. And anytime anybody, you know, well, don't tell your business, but if you ever drank too much of something, not necessarily Kool-Aid, even water maybe, but if you drink too much of something, something happens when you drink too much, there's an absorption. And when somebody drank too, too much, I heard this gentleman, he was a uh, recovering alcoholic, and he talked about how much he used to drink. And he said, when I went to the gym and tried to work out, I smelled like liquor. Because it has so gotten into his body for so long that his body had absorbed it. And when he started to move and sweat, the smell of alcohol came out of him. When you absorb something enough, it will come back out of you. Moses is saying, don't give me no angel. I need you. Because however I move, whenever I move, I need you to come up out of me. Not just me. Moses understands the necessity of presence. Then Moses, because he already understands something about the nature of God, he also understands something about the plan of God. We've said this so many times that the, the Israelites were supposed to come out of slavery and shock the world. They, these, these small group of people from this small land, smaller than New Jersey, were supposed to come out of slavery and shock the world. They were supposed to come out of slavery and bring the God of the universe to the entire globe. That was the plan of God. It was not just about a land of milk and honey. There was more to it than that. And Moses understands that. Because he says to God, even though God has already told him I'm coming, Moses is like, no, I'm gonna be, let me be sure, my friend. He said, how are these people going to know? This is my urban southern vernacular. How are they going to know that we found grace, that we found favor in your sight? Lord, how are they going to know that we are distinct? How are we going to be separate? How, how are they going to know we look different? God, how are they going to know that we're yours except, except you go with us? Because when God goes with you, there is a distinction and a difference in you as it should be. And Moses saying, if you don't go with us, how, how are they going to know? that were yours. We don't want to want to be conquerors taking land, but how they going to know that we're yours? How they going to know we separate? We, your people, and me, from all the people of the earth, from all the people on earth, how they going to know that we're separate unless you go back with us? When I thought back about our messages, because all Moses is saying is that Presence is how they know. Presence is how they know. I told them we were tutoring at the school on Thursday, and I was, I was uh, tutoring um, this young lady, and we were together five minutes, and we were supposed to be studying 
World War II. And in five minutes, she just started to spill out all her business, everything that was going on in her house. And I asked myself, I said, why did she do that? You know, not in a bad way. And I told myself, I think she felt something. I think she felt comfortable. I think she felt nothing special about me, but I think she felt God. And she just started talking, talking, talking. I let her talk. Then we went back to World War II. But I let her talk. Because when presence is on you and with you, there's something distinctive about you. And that's why God told them, I'm not going with you in this rebellious, stubborn state. Because that ain't me. That's not me. So you're going in the earth. And you want to go with my presence in a way that is not like me. And I'm not going to let you do that is what he originally said. But Moses started talking right. And I thought about our previous messages, and I, I, I just start because I make the biblical people. I make them real. I talk to them. I don't know if y'all do that. And I start asking Gideon questions. I said, Gideon, how do you know that you're a mighty man of valor, even though you are in the weakest tribe in Manasseh, in the weakest family of that tribe, and the weakest member of that family? How do you know that you're a mighty man of valor? Because of the presence. Jacob. Why do you walk like you do? Why are you walking like a, with a limp? Jacob, where did you find out that your name wasn't Jacob? That you don't have to be a schemer your whole life? Jacob, where did you find out that, in fact, you are a prince with God? When did you find out that you were Israel? When did you find out that you would be the forefather of the 12 tribes? Where did you get that, Jacob? He got it from presence. And how did Moses find the strength? To lead millions of people, to sustain millions of people with no GPS for direction, no soup kitchen to feed them, no footlocker for shoes, no Macy's for clothes. Moses, how did you do all of that? Because Moses understood presence. That's why when he went in that tent of meeting, everybody just looked. He going in the presence, y'all. I sure wish I could go one day. Well, maybe they didn't think that. They probably thought they would die. <laughs> That's why he went in the tent of meeting. That's why the cloud, the cloud didn't just hover over. They said the cloud came on in at the door. It's presence. It's presence. It is presence. And we have an invitation to this presence. We all have an invitation to this presence. But the RSVP is optional. It is optional. You ain't got to send this back. You don't have to come. It makes all the world of difference that you do. But the RSVP is optional. And that's kind of scary because some people like to lean on grace and mercy and all this stuff. And all that's true. But we saw with the children of Israel, God was still being merciful to them. He was still being gracious to them. They were still getting milk and honey. But would they have been satisfied to go without him? Grace and mercy have erased the penalty of sin, but they have not negated the necessity of presence. And I don't want to go nowhere that he don't go. I don't want to go nowhere that he does not go. Let us pray. God, we bless you this morning. We bless you this morning. You said that in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. 
God, we want to be in your presence this morning. It's where we find out who we are. In your presence is where you open us up and you shine your light and you expose everything that's not right. And you don't expose it to condemn us. You expose it to heal us. God, in your presence is where you heal wounds that we held from childhood. In your presence is where you give understanding and you show us how gracious you've been, how merciful you've been, and how although we, much like the children of Israel, have acted up at the, the, the altars of idols, God, that even with our sin and us acting up, God, that you are still faithful. In your presence, you show us there is nothing we could want on this earth that is better than you. In your presence, you change our names. Tell us who you meant us to be from the beginning. In your presence, God. In your presence, God. You heal. You set free. And we are allowed to feel the love. As the song said, we feel wrapped in your arms. It's in your presence. And Moses knew. Ain't nothing without you. God, we pray this morning that we will begin to respond to the invitation. When we feel those moments in our hearts that you are pulling and drawing on us and we don't know why we want to cry. We don't know why we want to get away and be alone. We don't know why all of a sudden the Bible looks a little interesting. God, I pray we take those invitations and I pray we run. I pray we run towards you, Lord God. I pray we run and we know that you'll meet us there. We know that you'll meet us there because you've already waited. Because you've already waited, God. You've already waited. You've waited, God. And we thank you for that. Bless us this day. Keep us in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share. We would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus Ministries. If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministries, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.